Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to cast your minds back. Well, each of you has one mind, but I'm speaking to, to you collectively. Cast your minds back a few days. Last weekend, it was um, just a couple days after Russia announced the death of activist and uh, anti-Putin dissenter Alexei Navalny, uh, the death, I say, in his death in a uh, penal colony inside the Arctic Circle in Russia. It's nice there this time of year. And um, as I say, it was a couple days after that, the um, senior senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, appeared on Face the Nation and said this. As to what happened in Russia with Navalny, uh, Navalny was one of the bravest people I ever met. When he went back to Russia, he, he had to know he was going to be killed by Putin, and he was murdered by Putin. So what? why don't we do this? I just got off the phone with uh, two Democratic senators. Let's make Russia state-sponsored terrorism under U.S. law. Let's make them pay a price for killing Navalny. It would allow the Navalny family to go to U.S. court and sue Putin's Russia for killing of their loved one. Now, that's not nobody. I mean, it's not Donald Trump. It's not, uh, well, it's not nobody. It's the senior senator from South Carolina, Republican. He's going on a national television show to talk about a murder that happened, a murder of a Russian dissident that happened only a day and a half earlier. He did have time to look it up. And yet he goes on the air on national television in this country and mispronounces, the, gets the guy's name wrong five or six times. Navalny, he says. It's Navalny. Not Navalny. Navalny. Sure, it's just one letter. But in the annals of a time when verbal gaffes are the stuff of political advantage... It's not just Trump. It's not just Biden. It's Lindsey Gam too. Now, um, this is about the rest of today's show and the shows for a few weeks forthcoming. I'm involved in a, uh, oddly enough, at my advanced age, I'm involved in the making of a motion picture. And uh, so my time will not be my own the next few weeks, you'll be hearing a pastiche of wonderful stuff from past editions of the show, rib tickling that you'll have remembered from the recent past, the ribs being re-tickled for your listening pleasure. So with that in mind, hello, welcome to the show. Consider this, ladies and gentlemen, no little animal is cuter than the wallaby, the adorable Australian marsupial that, excuse me, what? On a holiday weekend, we had a cute animal feed. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm informed we have uh, an incoming call in the newsmaker line. Kind of have to take it, so the uh, the baby wallaby will have to stand by. Hello, you're on the air. Mr. Sherry. <laughs> I think I recognize this voice. Uh, well, of course you recognize this voice. This is Shab Shab. Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> 
It's been several years since we've heard from you. Yes. New listeners, um, you should know, this gentleman started calling in around the start of the Iraq War. He had been one of Saddam Hussein's, what was it, 32 lookalikes? Yes, and it was not easy maintaining that mustache, Mr. Sherry. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, and, and since the toppling of Saddam, he's been uh, keeping us informed on his life in the new Iraq. But as I say... Uh, we, we haven't heard from you in quite a while, Shab Shab. Yes, I have been extremely busy liquidating my high-end audio equipment business, Mr. Israel. Oh. I haven't had time for the niceties of life, like expensive calls to obscure public <laughs> radio programs in the United States. Well, not, not quite obscure, but well, I take your meaning. Well. So, you got out of the high-end audio business? Mr. Syria, mm. there is one thing without which you cannot enjoy any kind of audio high-end or, or normal consumer garbage. And that would be, what, CDs and vinyl? That's two things. No, the one thing is electricity. Mm. Without electricity, all high-end audio can offer you is high-end high silence. Planet. Yeah, got it. Yeah. But I thought in Baghdad by now, what with... What with what? What with what? What? Uh, what of us has to stop? Ugh. Mr. Shreer, we have 10 hours a day of electricity here. Mm. We are approaching summertime again. Mm. What do you think even the most affluent Iraqi is going to do with those 10 hours? Listen to a pristine recording of Tosca on beautiful tube-driven electronics mm. or blast the freaking AC? Okay, good question. Well, I know you didn't call just to complain about the electricity. Mr. Sharif, yes. it has been 15 years since your country invaded mine. I called to give you a status report on Iraq 15 years on. Hmm, well, I would say that, that that's a little superfluous, what with all the media attention to Iraq 15 years on, except that there hasn't been nearly any. So, uh, thank you, Shop Shop. Now, yes. as I recall, you had had plastic surgery to look like Saddam's successor. To yes, carry on with your yes, man, many people indicated that I was the spitting image of Mr. Al Maliki. Really? Did they did they say that to you? No, they spat at me. But Mr. Sharif, well, look, I, I just yes. want to follow up on this. Yes, you haven't had plastic surgery to look like the current leader, Mr. Al Abadi, have you? Sir. Neither of our leaders had Saddam's proclivity for avoiding public appearances. The look-alike business has tanked faster than MySpace. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. So, in terms of Iraq, fifteen years on. Yes. What are you doing now, Shab Shab? I'm talking to you! No, no, no. I mean, what are you doing for a living? I'm a tech startup. I have a business called OldIraq.com. OldIraq.com. And I'm glad you asked. We sell artifacts of pre-invasion Iraq mm. recovered from the museums and galleries of the country. Sculpture, statuary, household items from the Mesopotamian era, ancient waffle irons. When, when you say recovered from them. Yes, okay, I mean looted. Okay. But somebody's got to sell them, and at least if they're sold through oldiraq.com as opposed to the black market, taxes can be paid on them, although not by me. Okay. All right. Now, you'd mentioned electricity. I read yesterday that Iran was helping to supply electricity to some Iraq cities near the border. Yes. As you know, Mr. Sharir, we have a government very much aligned, shall we say, with our Iranian neighbors. Well, now, this just a few years after Iraq and Iran fought a decade-long, very bloody war, right? Imagine, Mr. Sharir, mm -hmm. if... After your civil war, yep. your government was run by sympathizers of the losing side. I can't even begin to imagine that, but, but wrapping up because it's uh, told almost the baby wallabies nap time. If you had to summarize whether Iraq is better off or worse off mm -hmm. after 15 years, what would you say? You know, we have the original mission accomplished banner, too. It's in near new condition, just one bullet hole. Just, 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 just if you would respond to my question. Mr. Sherir, let me take this down to the personal level. Mm -hmm. 
If it had not been for this invasion, this war, this bloodshed, this destruction, this sea of refugees, this erection of endless barricades across the streets of my beautiful Baghdad, <laughs> I would never have gotten to know you telephonically, well. and I would never have been able to build up an international mailing list. So, so no, but, but, but it wasn't a cakewalk? It wasn't an entire bakery walk, mm. but I'm a philosophical man, as you may have noticed, mm-hmm. and focusing on the failures of the past prevents us from embracing the failures of the future. Shop, shop, thank you for calling. I hope we can uh, talk again on the 30th anniversary. There's a 25th anniversary sale at oldirac.com this weekend. I am told that the baby wallaby has fallen asleep, so the show continues. Live now in the 67th hour of the viewing of the Queen's Coffin, or for those of you watching in the United States, the Queen's Casket. The line now stretching so far through London from Westminster Hall, it has actually reached a neighborhood where poor people live. All advertising signage along the queue has been switched off for the duration, So emergency telephone services have been mandated to provide the numbers for those suffering from gambling problems. Naturally, streetlights along the miles of crowded pavement are being kept on through the night. So selected cities north of London, including Leeds and Norfolk, are on blackouts for the rest of the month. And police are reporting a surge of complaints about queue members being offered charging for their mobile telephones at wildly inflated prices. Live from the queue, I'm Christopher Fleming Thwaites. So, ladies and gentlemen, one of the more interesting stories of the week concerning January 6th of 2021. The president, sorry, the former president, is uh, notoriously addicted to the phone as well as the TV. He was previously reported as as sitting in the uh, dining room of the White House watching the uh, melee at the Capitol on his TV. But we're supposed to believe that he didn't have any phone conversations with anybody during those seven hours. Well, uh, with apologies to Bob Costa and Bob Woodward, I'm going to break some news right here on this program, right here, right now. We're in receipt of tapes of um, two or three of those calls the president made during that time, ladies and gentlemen. And you're going to hear the first one of them right now. This is the vice president. Mike, Mike, I'm trying one more time. Mr. President, I'm being taken to an undisclosed location right now. Where? I don't know. They didn't disclose it to me either. Mike, this is really is your last chance to stop this before it can't be stopped. But, but think of it. No vice president has ever had this kind of power before. Why wouldn't you want to use it? 
You got elected to not use your power? That makes sense like New York Times editorial. Sir, I've, I've talked to every constitutional lawyer. You know what constitutional lawyers are, Mike? We're going through this door. Okay. They're frustrated non-Supreme Court justices. That's all they are. <laughs> they get lucky. They change their tune faster than Liza Minnelli. You ever seen her live? Uh, no, sir. Normally we uh, spend our evenings in prayer circles, but uh, uh, now the lights just... Mike, Mike, you know where the vice presidents end up in the history books? In the friggin' index. This is your chance to get into the front of the book. Don't cock it up. Uh, uh, sir, I only heard about half of that. We're losing... Schmuck, stay where the signal is. Gee, honey, that's a lot of tableware. How many people are coming over for dinner? Oh, everybody from my office. Wow. I don't think we've got a big enough table. You know what? I don't either. Hi, I'm Jim Putin. And how many times have you had that problem? And I'm Jackie Putin. And at a time like this, putting an extra leaf in your dining room table is way too much hassle. That's because in today's COVID alert world, a dining room table just isn't enough table. But now you know it is enough? The super patented Putin table. It's long enough to seat the entire office crew. Plus the elevator and parking gang. Yet its graceful lines say long can be beautiful. And its sleek shape says long can fit into your dining or function room with only the most minimal reconstruction. The Putin table is strong. The three-leg platform base can support tableware for 40. And no one feels crowded or away from the action. No children's table needed. They can sit way at the far end of the Putin table and still feel like they're part of the grown-up fun. Before the super-patented Putin table, you'd have to hire your own carpenter to build a table this sturdy. But now, during the Special operation sale. The Putin table can be yours for far less than a made-to-order compromise. We hate those. Just call the number on your screen. Or write to the web address on your screen. Or just yell at your screen to order your own Putin table. You know we're listening. Honey, this Putin table is great. Yeah, everybody's got room for two. <laughs> <laughs> the Putin table is not nationally regulated furniture. Sit at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, we now come to um, consider <laughs> the week for <laughs> President Trump. And uh, so he's been sitting alone in the White House tweeting until uh, his wife came to join him on a secret trip to Iraq. You know how well things are still going in Iraq when the president still has to take a secret trip because otherwise, you know, whatever. He tweeted and commented about that trip, by the way, quoting the pre president. When I heard what we had to go through, I mean, look, I had concerns for the institution of the presidency because not for myself personally. I had concerns for the first lady, I will tell you. But if you would have seen what we had to go through with the darkened plane, with all windows closed, with no lights on whatsoever, anywhere, pitch black, I'd never seen that, unquote, the president. The rest of Washington, of course, is uh, home. Congress left town, including Republican uh, Senate leader Mitch McConnell. So while the president says, I'm here in Washington to negotiate about the shutdown, he's left to uh, negotiate with, with nobody, really. It's, uh, it, it needs dramatizing, I think. This week, for the first time, 
The prospect of a part of Congress controlled by the opposition party is seeming all too real. And to the businessman turned chief executive, that's the kind of reality he never wanted in his show. Mitch. Mr. President. You came up here during the holidays. Well, sir. Uh, nothing really happening back in Kentucky right about now. Yeah. You think it's a picnic of roses over here? Milani wants to take the damn kid to the zoo. She blames me for closing it. <laughs> I thought uh, we had zeroed that place out years ago. <laughs> oh, well. So, Mitch, I hear from my friends at Fox and Friends. They had ticked off with me. Well, sir, <laughs> all I said in that conversation that we leaked was that your decision to backtrack and not sign the bill we'd already passed made uh, my job just, uh, just a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've forgotten who you're doing that job for. Well, the people of Kentucky, the Koch brothers, not in that order. Ever hear of a guy named Trump? Happens to live here? Happens to be president? Happens to be me? Rings a bell, sir. And despite you, Mitch, I like you. You know, people always told me rednecks have no sense of humor, but you're almost sly. I like sly. All the New York guys are like extra sly with sly on top. <laughs> Sir, I've decided I'm going to take that as a compliment. Now, okay, what Mitch, enough of the chit-chat. Mm. I've heard a small talk, but I'll bet you midgets get to the point faster. <laughs> we got to get this wall. And by we, I mean you. Mr. President, nobody hates to be the bearer of bad tidings more than me. Heck, I hate to be the bearer of any tidings, but we've missed our last best chance. What the hell are you talking about? I just gained two senators. And you just lost the house. Mitch, all that stuff you used to say to me about Paul Ryan, mm -hmm. how you couldn't stand his whole I'm smarter than you thou attitude. Mm -hmm. Now you can say it in public. Paul's retiring. You can say it about Nancy Pelosi. Now you've got a real, like they say in the WWE, a real heel. Sir, all due respect and a little more in addition. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get us one single brick, let alone a whole. Maybe it's not supposed to. Hmm? Ever think about that? Ever think it's a lot easier to blame somebody for us not getting the wall than to actually build it? You know the last time I actually built something? <laughs> I'm not sure. When the concrete I... workers had real clout in the city is when. I can tell you that. So, Mitch, your task for this week. Well, she, she gets the gavel probably by Thursday afternoon. Okay. So they give her the gavel. You give her the, uh, I don't know, a sledgehammer is a lot bigger, right? Mm. Give her that. Like, do a very heavy number on her. Probably the next 10 months. Can you do it? Well, as, as you suggested, sir, it's, uh, it's easier than trying to pass a bill. Great. Melania. I flew with you to Iraq. Yeah. That was absolutely crazy with the darkened plane all the way into the airport. How I... was I supposed to check my makeup before we got off the plane? Yeah. With radar? Look, 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 it was no picnic of roses for me either. You think I couldn't have used a few mirror minutes before all the selfies started, which, by the way, now I'm being blamed for because nobody told me those Navy SEALs are supposed to be anonymous? So, no more plane flights into war zones? 
at least until the weather's better. What my generals tell me is that when the weather's better, there's more fighting. But what do they know? Mm. Look, Melania, mm -hmm. so many people are telling me the Iraqi visit was a win, but an Afghanistan visit would be a big win. Without you, it's a, it's a no win, believe me. I will go serve food to the homeless. Nah, it's over. Nobody does that again till next Christmas time. Well, I'll do one of the dozen so-called first lady duties I wouldn't do before, but... But the one I need you, you can't do before the witch hunt gets any worse. Just some beautiful photos of me with soldiers and seamen, mm -hmm. and maybe even somebody from the new Space Force, if we can fly them over there, which we should be able to do, of course. This task, which is so important to the team, I mean, you think I like flying 17 hours making a speech and then flying back on that spit can of a plane? You liked it during the campaign. Much nicer plane, but okay, I like it. But I need you to like it too. Can you do that? Just this once? I should ask Baron if he minds me being- Don't ask him, he's an idiot. Ask me, I say yes. Should be good enough, right? It should. Make. Mr. President, we got the EPA to shut down just by sending them a department-wide stop work order. Great, 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 but you gotta shut down your consumer financial thing too, right? <laughs> a little harder to send myself an order. Doesn't, doesn't smell right. You know what smells right? Uh, what's that, sir? You, as my acting chief of staff. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I mean, I'm personally hearing no more, Mr. President, I'm afraid current law doesn't quite allow you to do that. I mean, for a general, Kelly was awfully light in the loafers when it came to trying to clamp down on my presidentialness, <laughs> like he was afraid of me yelling at him or something. I kind of like it when you yell, sir. Okay, well, you're running management and budget, mm -hmm. the consumer thing, mm -hmm. acting chief of staff, mm -hmm. already, I mean, I've already appointed an acting defense secretary, but... I'll bet two of Melania's gowns you could get confirmed as acting attorney general. Well, my former colleagues in the House, I, I think, still remember me fondly, but, but the Senate... Ah, Mitch has got that place wired tighter than the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Huge figuring thing. Mm -hmm. But I really think the workload might uh, start to get a little bit too much, even for a workaholic like me. Mick, I can tell you this. My late brother was an alcoholic. Don't be any kind of holic around me. Also, uh, I don't think an acting cabinet member needs to be confirmed. Better yet. I'm getting tired of Whitaker. Mm -hmm. He's so bald. <laughs> Looks like friggin' Kojak. Okay, we got a deal. I'll, uh, I'll get back to you by Monday. Okay. Before the Rose Bowl, for sure. That's the only one I watch. The others are like fake bowls. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make Afghanistan great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. The Presidentus. This week, it can't get weirder. And it does. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is your brain on the war on drugs. Quote, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. Unquote, former Nixon domestic policy chief John Ehrlichman in an article in Harper's by a writer named Dan Baum who's arguing for legalization of drugs and citing the experiences of, among other nations, Portugal. In his uh, 
Peace. Ehrlichman's comment is the first time the war on drugs has been plainly characterized as a political assault designed to help Nixon win and keep the White House. You understand what I'm saying? This is a quote from Ehrlichman. We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. Unquote. We have a a tape from heaven, which might elicit some reaction from the late president. A little early to be uh, buzzing me, sir. Huh? We normally get together this time. Only thing that keeps me from going and buggy in this guy for some... Of course, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. He runs the place, of course, but... Uh, well, I know, but, uh, hmm. you know, it's Easter. <laughs> well, of course, but that's uh, for the people down there, isn't it? You know, <laughs> up here, it's, it's like Easter every day, if you ask me. Always with the uh, he is risen stuff. Yeah. You know? I mean, heck, we rose, too, but we don't go around bragging about that, do we? <laughs> well, even so, sir, I was... Uh, Trying to get my wings dry and clean before the big parade, so... Alderman, let me uh, say something, and this is in no way meant to be uh, understood as a, a criticism, but mm-hmm. if you if you spend a little less time worrying about your damn wings and a little more worrying about the future of this All right, damn right. universe... Yes, yes, sir. I, I, I mean, I'm here with what, what seems to be... The well, it doesn't seem to be the problem. It is the problem. It's, right. like, it's the Orlickman problem. Ah, ah. Yes. Well, I mean, he's all over the place yeah. with this uh, war on drugs stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, back when he was in his second thoughts phase, he talked to some writer. Right, writer, his name is um, hmm? Baum. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Baum. Mm-hmm. Jewish. His name is Baum. Mm-hmm. Could be German. <laughs> Germans in the media? Well, hold on, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. You haven't been away from Earth that long. Well, anyway, we... We did reach out. Oh, now, what the hell does that mean? Reached out. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I hear all the all the new inductees mm-hmm. up here saying that mm-hmm. all the time. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. No. I mean, their arms can't be that long. No, no. I, so, I, I sent word down to our people. We to, We still have people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all the Cubans are up here. They're, Some of the younger people are still loyalists and. Uh, and they have the added advantage of being still alive. Okay. Well, his his children issued a statement denouncing the quotes. Well, of course they should have done that without our even reaching out to them. <laughs> I mean, actually they did before I reached out to them. But Well, uh, damn it all the minute it seems to me that we're just sitting here on our big fat asses mm-hmm. letting other dead people kick us around. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care if you're paddling around with angels half the time. It's no. It's no more Mr. Nice Guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, of course, mm-hmm. Nancy Reagan passes away. Yeah. The media fall all over themselves yeah. about her whole just say no thing, which was just our war on drugs with the <laughs> with lipstick on. Yeah. I mean, no, that's right. Well, we get smeared with this Ehrlichman stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Have you reached out to him, for God's sake? 
can't reach him. He's on the uh, blocked list. <laughs> you mean? <laughs> Wait. You mean after all his namby-pamby kissing up to the liberals about how bad things were with us, he ended up downstairs? Oh, no, 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 no. He's up here. But, but then he... He's on the gold cloud. We tried to get on that one, but as you probably recall, they said we were... Lucky to get in at all, so... No, 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 I get it. I should have expected it. Liberals run this place, too. Well... I mean, of course, it's their right to have their views represented and so forth. But mm -hmm. uh, it's like I keep telling you, Alderman, no place needs a thorough, top-to-bottom house cleaning more than this place does. Mm -hmm. When well, I'm sure you agree. Well, I don't think no, that's... of course it isn't easy, mm -hmm. as you say. But as I understand it, we have all the time in the world. See, I've so had people what? looking into the background of the writer. Mm -hmm. Possible that there's uh, something there that we could uh, circulate by our friends. Look, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. That Presley kid that had his picture taken with me for the uh, war on drugs. Elvis Presley. That's it. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now, so I understand it. And I did some reading up on it before that photo op. He was a white man. Who sang Negro-type music? Well, he did some versions so of... So he would be a perfect person to say there's nothing racial or racist or mm -hmm. race-baited mm -hmm. or whatever in the war on drugs. See? Well, now I know he's up here too, but uh, people have issued communications from uh, up here before, haven't they? Well, I think in the Bible there's some reference oh, to... Oh, sure, but uh, Quakers didn't read the Bible all that, that much. Mm -hmm. Still... I seem to recall. I don't think anybody did that sort of thing to uh, rescue a political reputation. No. Well, everything that Ehrlichman supposedly said to the Jewish reporter now just stands there on the public record, unanswered by us. Is that... Well, as I say, we still have some friends who are combing his background. Mm -hmm. Something turns up there, a sex thing, a drug thing. Hell, we, we can't still get his tax records? No. No, that capability is long gone. Mm -hmm. uh, well, of course it is. Mm -hmm. What was I? Now, this fellow is the type to have a shrink, isn't he? A what? shrink whose office we can black bag. Can't we? <laughs> you, last information I've gotten, nobody has shrinks anymore, and they just take pills. Well, that's something. I mean, <laughs> I mean everything else is turning to crap, but that, that, that's something. Yes, it is. It, it, it's something. Mm-hmm. Easter then. Yes, sir. This is the speaker, Nancy. Mr. President. Oh, call me Don. Like you did that a lot during my first year. I like that. Made me feel that you like me, right? Mr. President, I've got battering rams or some kind of rams just outside. Nancy, I know we had to fight a lot. I'm a, I'm a Republican. You're a Democrat. That's all over now. It's a MAGA world. Come work for me. Sir, call off your rioters. As Speaker of the House, I demand See, that that's the tough Nancy that I admire. Really? Oh, lots of guys get scared by women like that. Me, I want them on my team. You know, I had a very tough woman running my uh, construction side of my hotel business. Sir, they're breaking the windows. I'm sure that's a crime. Seventeen years she worked for me. Tough as nails. Quit like a dog. 
But in the MAGA world that's being born right now, I'd love to have you on my side. And from your perspective, it would help keep you out of jail. I can make that happen with a click of a pen. Damn bitch. Inside Westminster Hall, where the seemingly endless queue of those seeking to pay their respects continues to file past the Queen's coffin with only a couple of brief interruptions during the night for what a palace spokesperson described as opportunities to refresh the catafalque. Some witnesses to the return of the coffin described the body language of the attending troops as if they were carrying something lighter than before, but the palace has waved away any suspicion about the coffin or its contents. Given the after-effects of the recent heat wave combined with the record crowds passing through, the hall has struggled to maintain its normal chill, but the vast majority of the well-wishers continue to wish well as they pass through the process. I'm Humphrey Johns at Westminster Hall. But you may be in the White House or a plain old shack, but anywhere you are, there's something you lack. When you've read a document and you think that you're done, you've got a problem doing job one. You need to deep six that paper where the sun don't shine, where the law and your needs exactly align. like just the place where that paper disappears without a trace but it just goes and bunches right up because the old flush hole ain't big enough a jam in your johnny attracts praying eyes and you ain't got the time to supervise that's when you need regular the seats the same but that's not where it wins the game the exit holes huge bigger than most you can flush a whole Washington Post no more jams no more mess no stories and books were on CBS for once in your life you've got peace of mind you can really leave your past behind a dozen colors a comfy seat make John flat cannot be beat Cause you've got the commode that's not half-assed Best of all, you've got your rump on a product that's got the seal of Trump So stash your trash where you're sure it's gone The big hole toy called Mr. President, I'm, I'm stuck in the Senate chamber. What do you think, I'm not watching? I, I know you are, Mitch. I can't do much to help you right now. This thing is just beginning. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, what happens next. Sir, what should happen next is that those folks should 
turn around and go home. Not going to happen, Mitch. The MAGA thing is just too big to turn around. The good news is that's a good thing. Listen to me. You're not going to be minority leader anymore. <laughs> Mr. President, I was just legally elected. Mitch, to... Mitch, my lovely many-chinned man. You've just been elected to stay as majority leader by MAGA vote. That's the brand new thing. We need to talk about our new agenda. I'll, I'll talk about anything you want, sir, as soon as we're free to... No Democrats in the Senate, Mitch. You're running the show. So, what do we want? I'm writing up the new State of the Union speech right now. Here's what I got so far. Open up all federal land to drilling. All drilling? Whatever kind of drilling you got. Mm. We shouldn't be limiting what kind of drilling people do. That's Democrat thinking, right? Uh, sounds like they're battering down the doors to the Senate chamber, sir. So, what else am I declaring? <laughs> My guy's got more than one thing. You're big on the whole policy thing. What's the next thing? Something big, a very big thing. They're, they're evacuating us from the chamber, sir. Call me back from the safe room. In um, 1983, it was uh, December 3rd, it was a Sunday, I first opened a microphone in the basement studio of a public radio station in uh, Santa Monica, California, whose call letters have been lost in the wet sands of history, and did the first of these broadcasts. It wasn't even called the same thing it's called now. It had a different name. And uh, that's where this started. And with the exception of two shows in the early mid-90s, I've done this program every week for 35 years. No, I, I, it's inconceivable and yet true. Uh, the two I, I didn't do because of uh, I had a, a thing, a little health thing, were uh, s- sat in on by Mr. Michael McKeon and Miss Ms. Meryl Marco, both of whom said, don't ever ask me to do that again. So that's why ever since, never gone. Um, I, I be- This isn't the first iteration of this, this thing. I started it on um, a... FM underground rock station. What does that mean? In Los Angeles, and got from which I got fired twice. Once. I know this sounds like I'm making it up, and I'm not. I wish I did. Uh, one, I, the first time from I got fired from for playing a Mel Torme record, <laughs> and I never got a note from Mel. And secondly, for doing a sketch in which uh, one of the characters used the word. Penis, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, the general manager of the station um, brought me into his office and he said these words, and I'm going to bodlerize his words because I don't want to get fired again. He said, I could have understood if you'd said S or F, but penis, dot, uh, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And of course, um, Howard Stern has made half a billion dollars saying it now. Um, but anyway, so I started doing the show again. Uh, I had said goodbye to radio um, and it to me. And then uh, a guy named Terry McGovern, who was a king of Pittsburgh radio. I know. Alice to Ralph. Um, 
and had moved to San Francisco, and somehow he got in touch with me and said, do you want to come up and sit in for me a couple of da- a couple times? And I did, and um, I fell in love with it again. And then uh, the manager of that uh, station, whose call letters I forget, uh, allowed me to start doing the program in Santa Monica. After I proved that my musical taste was eclectic enough, <laughs> the same musical taste that got me fired for being too eclectic. Life has patterns, you notice? So this is beginning of year 36. This is the 35th anniversary broadcast coming from the, I guess we'll call it the Celebration Studio because I've never been here before. It's the studio they have in uh, London in where I normally do the, the program from that sits right above the, uh, the subway, the tube tracks. So if you hear any rumbling, my digestion is fine. It's not me. Now, the personal stuff taken care of, ladies and gentlemen, to um, what we're awash in this weekend especially if you're in the United States, which I'm not, but I'm tuned in. I'm, I'm you know, tuned in, babe. Um, and it, it's a, a lesson, among other things, it's a lesson again in just how exceptional the United States is. You know all about American exceptionalism. Well, here is a great, li- almost living example of it because, as we know from uh, much journalism and opinionating, the KGB, the Russian intelligence agency, that's that's manned by thugs. Our CIA, as we know from this weekend, it was run at least at one time by a saintly gentleman. And uh, what I've gleaned from all the commentary so far, all the hagiographizing of the uh, late President George H.W. Bush. Yeah, he did, you know, he uh, he did the first really outright racist campaign ad, thanks to his consultant, Lee Atwater, who apologized for the ad on his deathbed. Um, he, the president, and shaded the truth a little bit about war, um, he pardoned the people, the, the officials involved in the Iran-Contra scandal, officials who were to go, were going to go on trial, in which he, the president, might have been called as a witness. Yeah, he did that. But the underlying theme I'm getting from this weekend is at least he wasn't Trump. Only mafiosi take the fifth. Turns out to be a media myth. Like a hammer, the amendment's just a tool. When a new witch hunt is underway, righteous people just gotta say, you don't take the fifth. You're a fool. And numbers are just a number. Same answer. Same answer. They asked me 400 questions. The Fifth Amendment was my friend. I kept repeating my answer till the tip 
positions end. Same answer. Memorized it all by heart. Didn't need to read it. Same answer. They tell me I broke the world record 400 times the fifth. Same answer. Same answer. Same answer. Same answer. You never know. Same answer. You never know. You never know when you need it. Same answer. Well, so much for the past, ladies and gentlemen. We're back here in the present day with uh, a really historic moment that I picked up during the week. We've all in the United States, but I don't think enough people know that we are one of only two countries in the world, and I can't be sure which is the other one. I think it's South Africa, but have to look it up, and I'm not going to, that allows pharmaceuticals to be sold directly to the public via advertising. Everywhere else in the world, you have to, you know, deal with a doctor. Here, all you have to do is ask him about the pharmaceutical, and, and uh, apparently he just says yes and moves on. But the price we pay for that privilege is a federally required listing of all the possible side effects of the prescription drug and being advertised at that moment. And uh, the lists are usually a certain length, but every once in a while, as in this past week, one encounters what may be the longest list of side effects in human history. And... I present it to you now with my compliments. Opdivo and Yervoy can cause your immune system to harm healthy parts of your body during and after treatment. These problems can be severe and lead to death. See your doctor right away if you have a cough, chest pain, shortness of breath, irregular heartbeat, diarrhea, constipation, severe stomach pain, severe nausea or vomiting, dizziness, fainting, eye problems, extreme tiredness, changes in appetite, thirst or urine, rash, itching, confusion, memory problems, muscle pain or weakness, joint pain, flushing or fever. These are not all the possible side effects. Problems can occur together and more often when Updevo is used with Yervoy. Tell your doctor about all medical conditions, including immune or nervous system problems, if you've had or plan to have an organ or stem cell transplant, or receive chest radiation. These are not all the possible side effects. That's the most reassuring part of it. There's more. But the voice is so nice.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's edition of the show. Produced and edited by Tom Roach. Back next week with another look back as well as look around. Same time, same radio station or on your audio device of choice whenever you want it and I hope you'll join me there. A tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego desk to Pam Halstead and to Garrett Pittman at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this show, your chance to buy Cars I Talk t-shirts, a relic of the past, appropriately enough, and uh, a, a place for all sorts of other things to watch and listen to and ponder at harryshearer.com. show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWN on New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long from the Crescent City.